0: Grayson Gilbert, and I'm with Jack Lee and Blake Laborette. And we're uh, recording our, I don't remember what episode we were actually on at this point, but we are doing another episode on the church. And today, what we want to talk about is when you should leave a church. So, before I get into just a really brief introduction on that, uh, we had an idea that we were thinking of kind of a, a mailbag idea where if you guys have any questions at this point on topics we've covered about the church or things that we've not covered, Um, Send in your questions. We could do an episode at the end here and perhaps maybe answer some of those questions. Uh, If we don't get enough people that ask questions, though, it'll just fall into nothingness and go to the void. So either way, uh, if you want to send in a question, feel free to. If not, then that's great, too. Uh, Today, though, we're going to be talking about the reality of when you have to actually leave a church. Hang on. Wait,
1: wait, wait, Grayson. We should give them an email address or something.
0: Oh, we should actually do that. Grayson G is fly at... (laughs) <laughs> Yahoo.com. Yahoo. Yeah. No, what's uh, MSN.com? Yeah. You got to think of some obscure one that's a hotmail. That one's not around anymore, right? I think. Either way, um, what what's ours? It's the chorus in the chaos at gmail.com. No, no, no. Right?
1: <laughs> no, there's no the. Just uh, chorus in the chaos? Yeah, just chorus in the chaos.
0: <laughs> okay. See? I mean, I don't even know what the heck I'm doing here. So. I blame this all on Jack, though. He asked me to do the introduction today. And it, was,
1: it was a fantastic introduction.
0: Clearly, you can see that I'm well-skilled in uh, rhetoric and oratory. So.
1: <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> Course in the chaos at gmail.com. Or uh, you could just send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. Yeah. That's fine, too. So, All right. Grayson, you did a great job. We got here. Yeah, thank you. We're, thank we're, you we are that. introduced. You're I feel introduced. like I
0: can I can tap out at this point of the podcast and not do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it was, the introduction was so good. It was very um, good. Well, anyways, what we're looking to do, though, is cover a couple of podcasts here on, on what are good reasons to leave a church, what are bad reasons to leave a church. Um, we recognize in the midst of all this, though, that these are going to be things we're speaking about in generalities, right? Everybody has kind of a unique situation just because you're dealing with a unique church setting, you're dealing with unique people. Um, And so there's gonna be particular things in your scenario that might not be in mind here. So just understand we're gonna approach this very broadly. And what we're gonna do today is talk about, you know, what are some of the bad reasons to leave a church? Um, I think part of the reason why we wanna do that up front is because to be frank, most of the reasons that people leave church today in our culture are t- typically bad reasons. Would you guys agree with that?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: Yep.
0: But that being said, there are times where you have to leave a church. Um, I remember one of the churches we went to a while back, um, I won't name it, but it was uh, more charismatic in their beliefs, and I had already had my heart set on pastoral ministry at that point. Um, I was Calvinist, they were Arminian. Um, I was not charismatic. Uh, it was more towards a cessationist position at that point, um, but what I recognized in the middle of it was that uh, the pastor was kind of looking to groom me in a sense, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but to kind of groom me towards the pastorate. And we just did not align theologically on so much that I recognized if I stay here, I'm going to be the divisive guy. Um, hmm. I can't concede these doctrines, and this—I mean, this is what I believe the Bible teaches. So I was in about to pursue seminary or right in the middle of seminary as far as the first year, and uh, we, we ultimately left for those reasons, but also every Sunday I was coming home, I was reteaching the sermon to my wife, mm-hmm. um, and I recognized I was starting to actually lose her ear because I was the only one in a sea of a lot of people basically saying what I was saying about the doctrines of grace and the sovereignty of God and even the gifts of the Spirit and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, so there was a couple of reasons why I ended up leaving, but largely it was theologically driven. Now, I found out some stuff afterwards that when the pastor found out that I was a Calvinist, he actually reached out to my wife and gave her counsel to divorce me and to take our son and leave because he thought wow. that, that was the biblical way to approach things or the, the right way because I was going down a dangerous path. So that one was a, a fun wow. one to find out after.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Any, you, either of you guys had to leave a church in the past at all?
1: Yeah. I, uh, we, we, we chat a little bit beforehand. I, I left the church about a year ago and I don't know if maybe, we, cause I think my, my story could take a few minutes, so I don't want to get too far into it, but there were a myriad of reasons, uh, that we ultimately did. And it was kind of long suffering. Like in our, in our situation, we felt at odds with some theological things, with some, social gospel things with, um, a number of things for uh, several years, three or four years. And for me, it was, it was a really hard decision. And there were some things that happened, which hopefully we'll get to it at some point. Again, I want to get into the, into the podcast at this point, but there were some things that happened that finally the straw that quote unquote broke the camel's back, um, that finally happened, but it, it, it was good. I mean, it was, I've been at a different church now for a year and I'm so much happier. Like it was, it was, it was one of those things like grace in your, your situation where you'd come home and just like have to kind of reteach or reinterpret what was taught. You know, mm. I felt like that was the case even, even at our church. Uh, sometimes it was hit and miss. It would be like, here's two sermons that were really good and very Christ centric. The, the gospel was proclaimed. And then there'd be three that would be, that would feel more like self-help um applications it would be like they name a verse but then talk but you know he would talk about whatever was kind of on his mind and okay. it was hard because the two sermons that would be like really good were very very good um it, anyway, it's just the inconsistency but at the church I'm at now that's that's not the case and it's been it's been so nice and and uh relaxing to just be able to sit and hear, You know what I mean? Like it's just nice to sit and not have to feel like you have to interpret or filter or.
0: Yep. When I, when I came to the church that I'm at now, I I remember, I mean, the first sermon was like a a cool drink of water after being in the desert. Yeah. Um, And so that was my immediate feeling. But then recognizing that I didn't have to have all of my alerts so high. Yeah, exactly. I could actually just sit and enjoy sound preaching in teaching and not have to worry about anything afterwards it's like i this is all true and lining up with the text amen and it was is a beautiful thing to be able to actually just sit back and be taught
1: yeah What, what about you
2: blake uh no no i'm still in the church uh
0: that i got saved in so
2: i'm actually pastoring the church i got saved in that's awesome never have had to never had to leave um that's not to say that there hasn't been, uh, you know, problems. Um, you know, that we've gone through uh, <clears throat> in my time there uh, as a as a youth pastor. Uh, we did have a, a church split um, over some rogue deacons, um, some things like that. Uh, it was it was hard. There were there were times. Um, there were times as the youth pastor in that situation. Uh, that I wanted to leave, um, thinking this is, uh, too stressful. It's too, uh, it's too much. I mean, I, I, I do remember sometimes, you know, driving home, uh, from work and, uh, weeping, you know, mm. grown man. Cause I just hated, I hated the position. I hated what was going on, um, at the church. I hated what sin was doing, uh, to the people in the church. Uh, and I, I wanted to leave and it's not an exaggeration to say that the Lord wouldn't let me. Mm. Um, And then we came, you know, through that God brought us through that, uh, which really, um, I I, I can't stress enough how thankful I am for in that whole process. uh, The people that said, we're, we're not leaving. Like we're, we are a, a family that is bound together here And so we've got to work out, like, we've got to work out these problems. We can't just, we can't just leave. Um, Yeah. And so that was really encouraging to me. Um, And to have that really at the, kind of the beginning as, as like a young minister uh, and getting to experience that process uh, at the time, it was awful, but I'm thankful for it because I think God really like grew me personally through it and then grew our church in it too. Hmm. Um, And so by God's grace, we're thriving uh, now and about his mission.
1: Yeah. So that's great. Well, praise God. Yeah, praise God. Well, I'll say this. This is kind of tangentially related, I guess. And Blake, I, I didn't know that. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know this was the church you got saved in. That's awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but both of you two are pastors. I'm not. But my my hope, and you know, I think this, this podcast, and as we kind of set up to talk about this, was mostly from the point of view of, a lay person, someone just attending the church. But my hope for both of you is that you guys would be at the church that you're at or the church that you're planning to the day you die. Like I think, you know, we talk about lay people leaving. Pastors leave a lot too. You know, one of the, I'll I'll share this little story because this was really impactful for me as a brand new Christian. And then we can, we can jump into some bad stuff. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> when I was in two, I think it was 2006, the very first together for the gospel conference. Um, and this one was kind of cool because I went to it and it was the very first one was restricted to pastors or people aspiring to be in, in seminary. And it was lit <clears throat> it was, it was small, like mm. relatively small. I think the the ones after it were like in the tens, 20,000, something like that. This one was like 1,500 people. Yeah. And this is 2006. And it was very cool. I was a pretty new Christian at that point, especially I was saved in, in 02, but I was became reformed like in 05. So I was a relatively new Calvinist. But it was just it was the first thing I'd ever been to like that. And they did They did this neat thing. I think it was um, Albert Moeller. If I remember correctly, it's been a while. But he, he asked, if you're a pastor in here, stand up. And all these guys, you know, 85% of the room stood up. And he said, if you've been a pastor at the church that you're at for more than five years. Uh, wait, I said that wrong. For less than five years, sit down. Basically, so anyone who's been pastoring longer at this church for five years stayed up. And he kept doing this sequentially until he got to like, uh, it was like 55, 60 years. And there were like two guys standing up. Right. These two guys have been pastoring these churches for like over 50, 50 some odd years. Yeah. And it was it was such a cool moment because at that point he's like, I want everyone else to stand up and give these men an applause and Mm. and thank them for their commitment to the church. It was such a cool, cool moment. Mm. And that just stuck out to me as, as kind of a neat, a neat thing. And, um, so my, my hope for you two, my prayer for you guys is that the Lord would keep you there and would, would flourish your ministry at those places. That
2: that truly is a daily prayer. Uh, when I started, when I started, um, at the church coming through everything, you know, hired on as a senior pastor, <clears throat> uh, when our other pastor retired, a very godly man. I mean, the impact he had on my life, uh, I couldn't even begin to, to describe. Um, but that was, you know, from the outset, um, you know, my prayer was, and I've told the church, it's like, I want to, I want to minister to some of you. I want to bury you i want to see your kids grow up i want to minister to your kids i want to do the weddings for your kids i I want to die here um if that's if that's god's you know direction so we're looking Hmm. to you know actually build uh build here you know and and invest here and we're not looking for uh you know the five-year escape you know you hear a lot about of you know you've kind of you've preached your good sermons and you've uh done, you know, you've done all your hat tricks and then five years, is time for you to move on, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that you hear, that you hear, I mean, you hear it quite often. Um, but I do have a quick story now, now that you told that T4G story, I have to tell this story. So I okay. went to the, I went to the fourth T4G.
1: What uh, year was that? Uh, that Twelve? was, um,
2: maybe, yeah, maybe.
1: They did it every two years, right? So eight, six, yeah. eight,
2: 12. Yeah. Uh, something like that. So no, 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 it had to have been after that, I think. It was after that. Anyway, uh, that's not the point of the story. So my brother was going to seminary in uh, Southern, uh, which was in Louisville. And so I just flew out and stayed with him. So I had, uh, we had bought, you know, the tickets for the event and everything, plane tickets and all that to, uh, to actually attend. Um, before I was the senior pastor, I was still the, the youth pastor. So I had planned this, you know, well beforehand, got approval for time off and all this. while well, our pastor retires I get hired on, like go through the whole process. And, you know, I was vetted even being the youth pastor, you know, going through the whole process. Well, do you think about this? How would you handle this? The, you know, yada, yada. So I got hired on Sunday, officially. T4G was Monday. So I flew out early Monday morning, started the morning session. We got to Louisville, you know, flew in, uh, started the, the morning session. So they did that same kind of thing, uh, where they had prizes, you know, basically, I didn't even know they were going to do this. And so Mark Dever has everybody stand up and does like the oldest pastor thing. Right. You know, and again, it was, it was crazy. Like, uh, there was one guy probably the get, maybe it was the guy that you saw, you know, that'd been there, you know, 60, 70 years, whatever. And so then they started working the other way, and they were like, okay, if you've been, you know, the primary preaching pastor was the way that they phrased it. If you've been the primary preaching pastor. And so it literally comes down to me and this other guy. They are like, anybody less than a month, you know, like you've been a, you know, the primary preaching pastor less than a month. So like I'm still standing, and like there's a couple other guys, and then they're like. Mark Devers kind of scratching his head. He's like, okay, down to a week. And me and this other guy are still standing in. There's thousands of people there. <laughs> and so Mar Devers like yelling across the thing. He's like, when did you get hired? I was like, I literally got hired yesterday. And the other guy was like, I got hired yesterday too. Right? <laughs> so then John Piper says, who came the furthest? And I was like, well, I'm from Oregon. And that guy was from Louisville. So they call me up the freshest uh, new guy, and I won a, um, or they gave me, I don't know if one's the right word, but they gave me a a complete uh, Spurgeon Sermons set, uh, the the Pilgrim edition. So, you know, it's like 36 volumes or something like that. Um, So that was awesome.
1: That is awesome. that was cool,
2: but then like Mark Dever was roasting me too because he was like, he's like, you got hired <laughs> yesterday. Why are you here? Like your church is already sending you to a, you know. <laughs> it's like it was already planned, man.
0: So anyway,
2: if we need to cut that story for sake of time, we can. No, no, no. That was but a good
0: it was story. Uh, it was it was fun anyway. Yeah, I have no uh, I have no T four G stories. So yeah. We can move right. right Blake
1: on. and I will continue to reminisce. <laughs> yeah. And that was yeah. the
0: same time. Yeah, I could,
2: too, because there's funny. Yeah, there's funny. That... So when to leave a church uh, when <laughs> your pastor has been hired for a
0: day goes halfway across the country. Yeah, right seriously. Down. Seriously. <laughs>
2: seriously. <laughs> seriously. All right.
1: Well, we're we're like almost 20 minutes in. So let's let's actually talk about what we're supposed to talk about. Um, so I, I put together this outline, and the thing that I thought would be a good place to start is – as kind of a foundation remind everyone myself included in us of membership vows. And I think I, I, when I grab, I grab the ones that are typically said in the PCA, because those are the ones I'm most familiar with. Uh, I imagine yours your churches are similar, right? Uh, you could tell me like we can walk them really quick, but I, I imagine they're all pretty generally much the same. Yeah. You have to successfully
2: um, fill out an end times chart. At our church,
0: yeah, yeah, standard Baptist stuff, you know. You oh, know. I'm sorry, you're not pre premill. <laughs> <laughs> Better luck <look> next time. <laughs> oh, you said
1: end times. End. I thought you said end time, like clock in. Oh no, no,
2: like, no, no, course. end times. Yeah, <laughs> makes it a little funnier, I think.
1: So there's I, I the there's five questions here. I'll just read the last two because those are relevant to the to the church. I mean, the first ones are gospel oriented. Like,
2: no, yeah, read read all five of them, Jack. I like those. I, I yeah, I really yeah. It, I almost became a Presbyterian reading them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I'll read them very slowly here. <laughs> um, so, question one Do you acknowledge yourself to be a sinner in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure and without hope save in his sovereign mercy? We would all say yes. Amen. Right. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the Savior of sinners? And do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel? Question three. Do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as becomes the followers of Christ? That's a weighty one, Mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. That is a really weighty one. And then the two that are kind of related to a commitment to that local body, I think. Um, Question four do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? Mm -hmm. Question five, do you submit yourself to the government and the discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace?
0: Mm.
1: And probably if, if, someone is a member of a church, you said something similar to that. It may not have been written the same, but there I would expect that most church membership vows are some commitment to the church, some commitment to you know, commitment to the gospel, things of that sort. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start here because I think vows matter. Yeah. And I think a a big problem and why people jump churches for bad reasons is because they don't take vows seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I jotted a couple scriptures here. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5, 4, and I think there's a lot of verses that say this, by the way. I just picked three. But when you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it. James five twelve. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes or your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. And then Numbers 30, verse 2. If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge... He shall not break his word, he shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. and someone could could quibble about that these are vows unto the Lord. but i I would contend that a vow unto the church, uh, which is the the, the 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 body of Christ, I think there's some some commonality there right yeah. so and if you're making covenant
2: yeah. I mean you're by joining a church, the the purpose of membership is you are covenanting together uh, with the exactly. believers in your local church.
0: Yep. And any good church membership vows are going to be intrinsically scriptural to begin with. Um, so, I mean, the three, the last three you have on that list, they're all very broad. So you can think of things like giving, raising your family in the fear and admonition of the Lord, family worship, practicing, serving the church, all those different areas of life that fall under the jurisdiction and reign of Jesus Christ in his church body. That's what's in focus there. And mm-hmm. submission to Christ is... Lord, right? So when you're looking at vows in Scripture, I mean, that's the very basis of what we're doing. We're just saying together we're going to do that in commonality so that yes, way we can right. glorify God.
1: Yes, exactly. In community together. And and I, and I wonder how many people would be at the church, left the church prematurely, would be at the church that they left if they had really deeply considered the vow that they had made under under the church. If
2: they made one at all.
1: If they made one. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good point, too a good point so but i I thought that was a good a good maybe honest place to start because if you're a member of a church you hopefully probably you took some vows and and i think that needs to be at the forefront of thinking as we begin to filter are these good reasons to leave a church Mm. or bad reasons Mm. to leave a church because whatever these reasons are they have to be compelling enough to override that vow basically right
2: Right. It's not a you know. It's not a one for one carryover, obviously, uh, but you know enough people uh, don't approach, or too many people rather, don't approach um, their vows with that uh, you know till death do us part concept. <laughs> you know yep. that like this is not like this is not something that is meant to be easily broken. Um, so I mean that applies obviously to marriage, uh, but in 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 this context. Um, and we'll talk about this and unfold it, uh, but we are we are a society of uh, of quick we are quick to run, um, yeah. uh, from conflict and things
0: like that, especially in the church. So, well, and a lot of it stems from the fact that we're we expect things to be fixed immediately, and so whenever you, whenever you get into a season of difficulty or you get into, um, I mean, even with your church, like you were talking in the beginning. Whereas there's that season where you get, had people that thankfully stuck by and said, look, we've got to actually sort through these issues. Um, a lot of people aren't looking at doing that. They want that easy escape. And because yeah. they want that quick fix, they think, oh, I can just skip out of here and I'm going to find something better at this other place right. where I can go fade into the background here. Sure. And, and some of it all has it to is do. It... Yeah. Go ahead, Grace. I was just going to say, all it is is an abdication of that fact that we've, covenanted together right right
2: i think some of it has to do uh too with your understanding of the purpose of the church which we did a whole episode on um if if you're coming in to the church uh thinking that if you're coming in with a consumer mindset it's so much easier uh to leave because as soon as your needs uh your felt needs are not met uh as soon as you know you know, there's a bump in the road. As soon as you actually maybe see something better, you know, sheep stealing is a real issue uh, amongst churches. Uh, that instead of winning souls, uh, they're trying to put on many churches. Try to put on bigger programs, better things, uh, so that they can just steal sheep. You know, from from other churches. Uh, and so you know, there's there's some of that that takes place as well. But if you come in with a consumer mindset, uh, it's going to totally change your perspective when difficult times come along or even little annoyances come along, uh, which are some of the things that we're going to be talking about, uh, here when we talk about bad reasons to leave the church. Yeah.
1: Bad reason. Number one, the size and demographics of your church.
2: Yeah. This is the Goldilocks argument. This church is too big. This church is too small. (laughs) This church is too old.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This this one frustrates me, but I, it's one I hear probably the most uh, when I talk to people. I like, yeah, just wasn't a good fit. I want to find people my yeah, age. Yeah,
2: man. Oh man. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. In fact, since we're telling T four G stories, um, sorry, Grayson. When I that <laughs> <laughs> Grayson, <laughs> go get a drink of water or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that this was either oh six or eight. I don't. I don't remember. Again, I was a relatively new Christian at this point and I was, I was in college and I think this, so this would have been 06 because I was in college and I was at a church where I was the only person my age, like everyone else in the church was young, married with kids or older, uh, but I love the church. Uh, but I felt conflicted there cause I felt like I needed some quote unquote community and I went up to, um, I'm not going to say his name. I went up to one of the men at the front of T4G and was just like, Hey, could I get some guides here? What are your thoughts? And he told me I should leave the church, which really surprised me now that I look back and think about it. Huh. He's like, "No, yeah, you need to find community. It was, there was like a line of people walking up and I was like, huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not, we not even listening. Up. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: We got Next. lunch to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a guy that's a, probably a pastor and he's just like,
1: his first... Oh, if I said his name, you would know who he was.
0: Yeah, well, it, my it was... my beef is like, he's a pastor, right? Was he a pastor? Yes. Yes. His first answer should have been, have you talked to your pastor? <laughs> it's like, how simple would that advice be? Subscribe to The Course in the Chaos
2: monthly payership to find out who the pastor was. Yeah. Hidden content. <laughs> right.
0: This is premium,
2: content. <laughs> premium content. That yeah, that's premium. what I was. That's the word I was looking
1: for. <laughs> premium content. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird though?
2: That is. That is very. That is very. That is very strange. Because when you look at, um, I mean, well, that's a whole other thing. Like the demographic argument is a very strange argument. In that, nowhere in church history do we see, uh, this being an issue. Uh, that that it's you know no we need a we need a younger church or we need an an older church or whatever, um, a healthy church has a spread out demographic. Yes. a church that's all old people is a dying church. Now they're probably a very faithful and prayerful and giving church, but they are a dying church. A people a church that is full of just young people. I I think you don't have gray heads uh, to give wisdom and experience. You're, you know, you're walking in some dangerous territories there. Uh, we are meant to communi- you know, commune with each other, uh, young, middle-aged, and old alike. And if I had a dollar for every time, I've heard, well, we just need people our age. Like, if everybody, like, if you would stay, like, stay in the church where there's not people your age, and then when the next person your age comes through the door reach out to them and start building community with them. And if they stay, then you know, do it and like that's how you multiply. it. people want to get into a uh a cookie cutter. It's just silly. I don't know. I don't understand it. Yeah. I just don't I don't understand it.
0: I think what's behind it and probably not even intentionally so is kind of that idea of partiality that James talks about. Right? It's like the, the, you're elevating a certain age group above another. Rather than being able to look at them as all all of God's people that you can, in some way, shape, or form, relate to and be yeah. able to learn from and be right. able to edify as well.
2: Right. In a strange way, it's saying this demographic has nothing to offer me.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, and and you're, you're you you. I think you hit it up, hit the nail on the head, Blake. I as I'm 39. One of the things I love about the church that we're now at is most of the congregation is older than me. We're at my last church. They were all about the same age and being able to just talk to these, to these men who've done it. They they've raised kids. I mean, they they're older, they're wiser. Like I, I love it. Right. Right. I love it. And I think there's a benefit to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: We were just having, um, uh, we're walking through the spiritual disciplines. uh, And so the class that we did uh, last night, uh, one of our guys uh, is there. And the, the subject was, you know, Bible intake and, and reading the Bible. And we were talking about our, you know, Bible reading, like, do you struggle with it? Do you, are you, do you have successful you know, success in it? And, uh, this particular guy who I know is a very godly guy, um, you know, I've been reading the Bible every day, uh, for the last 40 years. And he's like, I've read it two times a year, um, for the last 40 years. I'm thinking, man, this guy, Has been, like, reading and studying his Bible and gleaning from God's word literally longer than I've been alive, you know? And it's like, how can I look at somebody like that and say, you don't have any thing to offer me because you're old. (laughs) You know, it's just crazy. Like, that's crazy
1: talk. Is that Blake, is that the voice that you use when you think in your head? Is that like your internal narrator? Yeah, voice? <laughs> yeah,
2: but only he's speaking Spanish. So stop it! I can't understand you. <laughs> <Right>. No, <laughs> I, don't I mean, speak Spanish. Yeah, it's just um, so it's really no. I do understand. Like, I do understand. Like people um, in in your age range, maybe that are raising kids, and people you know that are kind of in the trenches where you are at. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be looking behind us and, you know, seeing, you know, younger people and trying to bring them up, uh, and that we shouldn't be looking ahead of us, people that have been, you know, walking with Christ longer than, than we have. Um, there's, there's wisdom.
1: I think that desire for community and people of your quote unquote phase of life, that's the, the term that gets so like, well, people in my phase of life, um, I think, I mean, I understand it, yeah. and I'm not saying it's inherently evil, yeah. right? I'm just saying it's short-sighted because I think there's so much we can glean from other people. And may- maybe it's a pref- – like that can be a preference, right.
2: but it should not be a reason. Right, nature. right. And I would hazard to say that more important than the people that are in your season of life are the people that are just ahead of you breaking trail that can, yep. that, can tell, that can
0: tell you. <laughs> so they can be like, hey – don't go this way, you know, go this way instead, right? Or here's what the Word teaches. There are bears that way, and you are not going to want to go that way. Yeah. The yeah. other wild, harebrained idea that I have, I mean, this this is just a, a throwout, but uh, if you don't have people your age in the church, go out and evangelize people that are your age, and see if the Lord is pleased to give people faith that you can now bring into your church.
2: No, that can't. That can't be it. No.
1: Grayson, that is too hard. If you
2: would
0: have went to T4G, you would
2: know that <laughs> <laughs> you just need to leave the church.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, exactly. <yeah>. So again, <laughs> so again, I mean, it's... You gotta interrupt that means. one back in. You're like, uh, yeah. I, can't,
0: I can't let that hang.
2: No, but that's where that goes. I mean, where it goes is... Are we willing to Are we willing to do the hard work? And are we asking, I mean, if you're going into a church and there's no one else there that's your age, obviously there's a need in that church. And are you willing to say, am I willing to be ground zero? Am I willing to be yep. the person here that is the friendly face, uh, you know, representing my demographic? Am I willing to go out and win souls? And I'm, am I willing to go out and do those things? And the sad thing is, is that most people simply... Are not R.C. Sproul said something to the nature of, uh, regarding Bible reading, but I think it applies here too, is it's, th- it's not that we don't think it's important. We know it's important. We know that it is a vital part of the Christian life. It's not that it's overly difficult and that the Lord has not equipped us for the work. It's simply that we're too lazy to actually do it. Um, And that's true in so many areas, whether it be evangelism, whether it be, you know, representing the demographic in your church and and all those things. So anyway, man, we are really camping on the first point. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: yeah. So quickly race and gender, like there should never be reasons you leave a church. Right. We are all one in Christ. If you're going to a church because you're a single guy and you're like, I'm looking for a church with a lot of single women we the ladies. That's not a very good yeah. reason. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, not a good reason yeah. to.
0: I've got one eye on the Lord and one eye in the pews to see who's sitting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So
1: yeah, um, D- diversity is good in terms yeah, of demographics. Right but... right,
2: but it's not the end all. It's not no. the. It's not the well, final.
0: I think of, I was going to say, I think of the the opposite end of things, right? So over the past couple of years, what has been the big push, but like racial diversity in the church, where you've got people out in podunk middle of nowhere, and they've got maybe, you know, 500 people in their town that are all Caucasian. And it's like, um, I don't know who you expect that they're going to suddenly bring in that now makes them a, a racially diverse community. The reality is the demographic of that community is what it is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
1: It's representative of the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Yeah.
2: Now if now if your church is saying Watts only, that's a problem. Obviously. Yeah. But by the nature of your yeah, the demographic of your community, come on, think people. Use use your heads. <laughs>
0: Just uh, as RC Sproul also
1: put it, "What's wrong with you people?" Yeah, right. <laughs> There's our soundbite. <laughs> we just got it. Yeah. Yeah. Was that from Was that from a T4G? I think it was. No, it
2: was I don't a. Remember.
1: The what's wrong with no? You no, it a, no, it was a. No, uh, it's a Q and A at Ligonier. Yeah, it was Ligonier. Yeah. Oh, it was at a Ligonier thing? Okay. All right. All right. So point number two: a bad reason people oh, wait, leave wait. church. But the
2: church is too big or too small. Yeah. We should we should touch on that.
1: Okay. Knock it out of the park, like it's not a good excuse. Okay, point you get, two. You get two minutes.
2: Okay, yeah, no, no. I mean, it's. <laughs> I I do think I do think you can make an argument for a church being too big, if you are not connected into body life, or if you're just there for a celebrity pastor. Or whatever you don't know an elder. Yeah, I mean, if you're not connected like with an elder or something, I mean, I don't know or what pastor, you're trying yeah. to what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but the argument of the church is too small or too big. Again, it's not. Again, this is not a Goldilocks thing. If God has you in a place, ask how can I. You know, God sets people in the body. The Bible tells us so. How could I minister here? be a blessing and be blessed at the same time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Point number two, uh, again, speaking in generalities, because this one, this one can kind of go all over the place, but I've, I've personally met a number of people who've left the church because, or a church, I should say, because they got their feelings mm. hurt. I have a quote. Someone upset them at the church. Yes. So
2: those people that you have in mind, did they go to another church or did they stop going to church? Mix. Because I think one of the things we're talking about, too, is especially when we start talking about when is it appropriate to leave the church. We're never we're never saying it's appropriate to leave the church. We're saying, when is it appropriate to change churches?
0: Yes. Right? Yep.
2: Yeah, right. It's, okay, When when is it appropriate to actually change churches? And again, even in this context, it's not appropriate to change churches simply because uh, your feelings got hurt at some point or by someone.
1: Yes. And there are certainly everyone here on this call would agree that there are going to be instances where your feelings were hurt justly. And it was such, so grievous a thing you should leave a church. I'm talking about just general dealing with broken people. Someone was rude to you. Um, Blake, I think your example of the church splitting, I don't know what caused that, but the people who were willing to stay and say, we're a family, Mm -hmm. Uh, I jotted down a verse here, and I think they, they were living this out. Uh, and I think this is the mindset we have to have as people. We need to be long, think of long-suffering within the church, because we sh- we should expect to be—I'll have. I'll, I'll say this—we should expect to have our feelings hurt if you are connected and deeply involved with people in the yeah. church. It'll happen. We are all broken, rude, rotten sinners, and we're going to hurt each other's feelings at some point. But I think that's why Paul says, therefore— A prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond Mm -hmm. of peace.
0: Yeah, I I, I always love that verse because the the word that Paul uses for uh, bearing with one another, I mean, if you were to put it in modern speech, it literally means to just put up with one another, right? (laughs) I mean, we, we all rub each other the wrong way at times. And so it doesn't mean you've got to be the best friend with everybody in the church, but it does mean that we overlook some things in love. When sin happens, we deal with those conflicts and we resolve those things. Um, what we tend to do is we look at a verse like this and we say, okay, with all humility, with all gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain unity, yeah, that's all the responsibility of that guy who offended me. But it's a reciprocal thing. Every one of us is called to this in obedience in order to be able to maintain that unity uh, in the bond of the spirit or in the bond of peace, as he says here. So,
2: I think, too, this, this applies in, in a lot of different areas. But, you know, a lot of times we approach church um, for whatever reason with just paper skin. I mean, paper thin skin. And especially on this, this area of, you know, your feelings getting hurt. I mean, people will leave a church For things that they would never leave a job over, you know, uh, that they would never leave a a club over, uh, that they would never leave a club like a, uh, like a hobby club, not like a dance club.
1: (laughs) 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 I think you were the only person. (laughs) They're
2: playing the song again. (laughs) I'm out of here. There actually probably has been people who left churches for that reason. Um, Anyway, I know of them, (laughs) Uh, you know, but you know, but uh, you know, it just, the the things that you would never leave, you know, your family over or your, or your hobby base over or your workplace over. um, There is a, there is a, there needs to be a resoluteness. Like you guys mentioned, of, I understand that I am a sinner, and I am gathering with sinners, and things may happen. And sometimes I may be the cause of it. I may be the cause of the offense, and sometimes others will be the cause of the offense. But am I going to allow that then to destroy uh, the community life that I have built uh, and others are building with me here? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think of the parable the... uh, merciful servant or unmerciful servant, rather, um, yeah, we're all great sinners in the eyes of God. And yet he has forgiven us so much. And anytime I think of offenses that are against me, what happens in my mind is I play it out, right? I'm, I'm justified. I'm righteous. I got all this stuff going on. And I'm like, and they shouldn't have done that. And then I'm reminded of that where it's like, okay, has the Lord forgiven you? Well, yes. Then go forgive them. Um, go reconcile with them. And at times that can be very difficult to do, right? The pain can be real. Wounds can be real. um, But the reality is we've been the offending party at any number of times before God. And chances are with pretty much everybody you've come in contact with at some point.
2: Yeah. It reminds me of that classic Spurgeon quote. If any man thinks ill of you... Pay him no mind, for you are far worse than he perceives you to be. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, th- I thought Tim That's Keller said. Oh, there it is. He done there it. There it is. He done it. He got it. He done it. All right. It. Check. Only forty three minutes in. Now yeah. we have
2: to end the. Now we have to end the podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. We have to end right now.
2: Demographics. Feelings were hurt. Next point. Do a Jack. Do it.
1: Now take it, Grayson. You've got.
0: All it. right. So this one, I, I'm just leaping in, I guess yeah. <laughs> Style preferences and style changes. So what we mean by this one is that you have some preferences over the music or how the sermon should be preached. Maybe you think a sermon should be 45 minutes instead of an hour long, or uh, you don't like the aesthetic of the sanctuary. You don't like how the building looks, or r- rather they don't even have a building, and so you think that's a reason in which you ought to leave. Uh, we would say that those are all bad reasons. Um Blake, why would you say some of those things are bad reasons?
2: Um, I would quibble a little bit, and I think you guys would too. If I mean, if we really wanted to get deep into it, which I know our time's not going to allow, uh, there are some uh, musical styling things which I think yeah, could yes. be a reason uh, that could be a reason to consider. Uh, leaving And those are things that we've covered in the past. We've covered in past episodes of the importance of Christ-centered music. We've talked about hymnody and the, uh, the ability uh, for believers to actually worship and sing together, that we're not attending a concert, uh, but we, in one voice, are lifting praise uh, to the Lord. And so I think there's some uh, things. But I wouldn't say that that's an, a reason to instantly leave. Maybe that's something to stay in and contend for
1: um, I- I would I would wager that if the music is very not God honoring, not Christ centered, there will be other aspects of yeah, the church uh, worship yeah, service. That's, that that yeah, not be,
0: that's point. Yeah, yeah, you'll have you'll have primary so, issues that'll be theological and good reasons to leave.
1: Yeah,
2: fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, some of these things I mean again are, are silly. I mean, it's the church is dated. You know, it's kind of an old. Not like the good kind of dated, not like the cool like 1890s churches uh, with ornate carved pews and things like that, but like our sanctuary hasn't been updated since the mid 80s dated. you know
0: everything's teal and off pink, you know. I can tell you there's been a great number of times where people have walked into the church and they're like, I now suddenly love Jesus because of the aesthetic of the lobby. There's something about this former grocery store, <laughs> that is driving my heart wild right now. Yeah, so none of that's diminish any of the work that people do to contribute towards those ministries. If you, if, if you have a beautification type of thing that you do, uh, we're not knocking against that. Um, all we're saying is that, you know, there are churches that have limited resources. That's just the reality. And so sometimes you're going to be dealing with paint from the 80s or the 90s. And,
2: and thank God for people that have an eye for those things, too.
0: Oh yeah, because
2: I don't. I don't. I am. My I am wife gest- does. You're right, and I'm right. totally inept. Yeah. yeah, I am Gaston. I use all. I use antlers in
0: all of my decorating.
1: So,
0: <laughs> all right, Jack, you got the next one then. Uh,
1: this is one I hear a lot too. I've heard a lot, and this one can be legitimate at times. But yeah, this I will. Is a sticky one. I'll make all. Yeah, this is a sticky one. So I'll say that up front, but I'm going to qualify it. That quote unquote. I'm leaving this church because I'm not being fed. And I again I will wager not every case. Certainly that is the case at times that it's a legitimate the the you know it's a legitimate cause, but I will wager that a large percentage of the time that people say this, it's because that congregant or that person is actually not listening. They've checked out. They're not being fed because they're not eating. I think that's more the case than not.
0: I think if you were to look at it in the broader church culture, I would probably agree with you in the sense of you look at evangelicalism as a whole, right? So I look at it in kind of a negative light to be truthful, where I see that the evangelical church in the USA is kind of in big trouble in many ways, theologically, devotionally, in terms of their relationship with the Lord, relationally with one another. And so I'd look at something like that and and say on the broad scale, um, I'm inclined to agree that it can be an excuse people use more often than is necessarily warranted, but there have been plenty of people I've met. I mean, literally I was one of those guys in one sense too, where it's like the, the theology being given from the pulpit, um, the preaching, all of that was very, very shallow. And there are so many churches that are an inch deep and a mile wide as they say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm torn on this one. I mean, I think people can use it as an excuse for sure,
1: and that, that's the main reason I put it in there. I mean, I've said in the in the beginning that I was in a church where it'd be two good, three bad, and I would feel like I wasn't fed in the three. But I put this in here because I think people can use it as an excuse. And I said, if you're doing that, just evaluate yourself and and really look deeply into at yourself and ask, are you are the sermons really not Christ centric? Are they really not expository? Or is it just not your preference, right? I'm not being fed because I'm not. This isn't my the way I would do it, or the way I or doesn't my favorite celebrity pastor preaches a lot better. You need so it to can ask, also be a you know.
2: Go ahead, Blake. Yeah, you need to ask what am I hungering for uh, when you say you're not being fed? Yes. Um, because a lot of folks come in with a lot of um, baggage, uh, cultural baggage, uh, even in in American Christian culture. You know, things like that, where you're expecting something, perhaps, uh, that's not biblical. I mean, I've I've heard people say, you know, I'm not being fed because they don't get the goosebumps, you know, every... I mean, I think that's one of the major problems with the charismatic movement, is you... I mean, it is a... In a lot of places, it is a feast of candy. Like, it has to be sweeter, and sweeter has to be bigger, and you start outrunning yourself and doing crazy things that move away from the gospel um, because the gospel is not enough. You need these these extra things. And so when I hear somebody say, well, you know, I'm not being fed, or this, you know, or, or maybe that, um, you know, it doesn't seem relevant. I've had, um, you know, just transparency. Maybe I shouldn't say this. I'll, I'll say it. Have, I've had a couple people uh, that, have, that have left our church, um, and one of their big complaints was, uh, expository preaching that because, because you are we're doing, doing it, you know, we don't want, we don't want yeah. that. We want, you know, um, we want topical, like we want a topical thing because there's this, there's this thought that if it's not topical, then it doesn't apply, you know, that, you know, I need, I need 10 ways to improve my marriage. I need, you know, uh, five ways to to raise my kids. I need, you know, like I need these kinds of things, not understanding that the normal preaching of God's word and the study of God's word, God's word and the intake of God's word does speak to those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I mean, there's, you have to ask, what am I hungering for? And like, what are my expectations when you're saying I'm not being fed? You know, again, there is a legitimate, there, there can be a legitimate thing. I would say probably in a lot of cases, It's not so.
0: Yeah. Well, in in the cases you speak to, Blake, you can only go as deep in your application of the word as your knowledge of the word actually is.
1: Good point. All right, Blake, get us the the next one.
2: Not only am I not being fed because people are coming to the potluck and not bringing food, but (laughs) I've got no place to serve, Jack. I've got a servant's heart. I can't just... Sit and listen. I gotta, I gotta serve, and I've got no place to do that.
1: Hmm. That's That sounds like a big. Should problem. I change churches? No. You know what you should do, Mister Laber. Mister Laber, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> this weird little rolling thing. I can't do it. Um. Um, you have to roll a die. You have to roll a dice for um. damage. Now you
2: couldn't. You broke character.
1: Yes, yes. Um, now, I I think to me, to me this one's pretty lame. There is always, almost always, somewhere you can serve. Probably it's just not the thing that you want to do. <laughs> that is,
2: yeah, that's a hundred. Yeah. I'm just glad that the that the layman said it, and you didn't force one of us pastors to say it. Yeah. No, that's so true. That's so true. There is so many areas to serve, and when you say. I don't have any place to serve. That's that is wild. Like that is I tell you, show me a church that has no needs because every single position of service that you could possibly fathom is full. And I will show you a church that I need to light like, that I need to sit under. I mean, it's just that that's that's crazy talk. It's, it's crazy talk. Yeah. And you're right. It probably a lot of it has to do with it's not the specific thing that I want to do. But is there a need there? Ask if there's a, a true need and if you would fill the need. Sometimes uh, that looks like knocking on doors. Sometimes that looks like greeting at uh, in, in the foyer. Sometimes that looks like uh, you know waving around a toilet brush at the church. Yep. Um, sometimes that looks yep. like you know stepping in and helping uh, with, with kids ministries, uh, working on church vehicles maintenance, yard maintenance, building maintenance, uh, visitation, visiting shut-ins. Um, I mean, on and on and on the list goes. There's so many things.
1: Uh, pastor <laughs> Labrie, my gifting is in worship. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Grab a toilet brush and we'll see if you get there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> when we first came to the church, I, I met with the pastor and his wife. He's my pastor um, now still. But I remember him asking just where do you think you guys would serve if you want if you could serve? And I was like, oh, I would love to teach. You know, here I am, maybe <laughs> like two weeks into coming, it's just like, oh, okay, okay, well, that's um, not he, gonna he, happen for a while, but okay. yeah, I mean, that was <laughs> yeah, right, that right, was right, right. all in that, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. And it, but it was just like, why don't you just come to the church and and sit under the teaching for a bit and get involved in the community groups and start seeing where you can serve? And I mean, I I've been singing literally since the time I could stand, so right, I went and, and you have a um, beautiful
2: voice, by the way, Grayson. Oh, thank you, brother. Yeah, you really do. It's a, it's a, it's a point of envy.
0: Okay, I don't know how to handle that.
1: It's an <laughs> awkward compliment. <so. laughs> I wish I had Grayson's voice.
2: No, no, because I, I know you've posted stuff before, uh, with like you and your wife singing and stuff, and it's it's great. It's very it's very encouraging and
0: uplifting. Thank
2: you. And you guys are very gifted. Yeah. I didn't mean for that to sound weird. So. Yes. No, that's
0: okay. I just. I'm awkward when it comes to receiving compliments, so I don't know what else to say beyond. Thank I'll you. try
2: to sandwich the compliments with an insult next time.
1: <laughs> You've got a great singing <laughs> voice, but your nose is huge. And <laughs> yeah, so I, I jotted down. I don't know if one of you, I've got it pulled up of unless one of you guys want to read it. It's kind of a long text, but I thought the entire thing was relevant in 1 Corinthians 12 12 and following. And it, it, the theme being there's many parts to the body of Christ in the local community, you know, there's hands, there's feet, there's eyes.
2: We're all we're all gifted differently, right? Right. And a healthy body is made of several functioning parts. I I used to use this illustration with uh, when I worked with teenagers a lot. Like if you go jogging and you find. Uh, another jogger and they run past you and wave and you wave at them. And you know, that's normal, right? Like that's a normal functioning body that you have interacted with. But if you're walking down a jogging trail and you find a pile of hands, um, something has gone terribly awry. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like that is not like, that's not how that's supposed to be. Um, Same thing with the church is we're gifted differently. We have different, uh, you know, things that the Lord lays on our hearts and all that. And we're supposed to function as one body. And it's not that the eye is more valuable than the hand or that the hand is supposed to do the work of the foot. Uh, Each individual in the church has their place. uh, And we need to, as
1: congregants, we need to embrace that. Right. They're all valuable. We tend to, uh, what does Paul say here? I think he addresses this in is it 22 and 23? On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on the those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater greater honor, honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Um, we, we think that every—we think—and I think part of this is consumerism, celebrity, pastor-ish stuff. We tend to look that the only people who can do Christian stuff in the church— our pastors, or you know, or deacons, or some type of office, but in reality, we are all right. a body. Just because they're leading, just because you're an elder or deacon, and you're leading, you are equally right. part of the body. If you're not that, and you have a role, there's things you can do and ways you can serve, and you may not be the mouth, you might be an armpit,
2: but you, but you don't get to be the gallbladder. So, you know, <laughs> or any other vestigial
0: organ is vestigial the right? Vestigial, yeah. Although that is an evolutionary term, so Ooh. congratulations on outing yourself. Blake. Congratulations, you just played yourself. <laughs> 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 I know. I'm hoping the
2: comments will blow up. If, oh, actually, the gallbladder.
1: Um, but yeah, we, we, it doesn't matter what part of the body of Christ you are. Be thankful you're part of the body and serve there joyfully.
2: Uh, this is a good one. This is a good one. I mean, it's a good it's a good bad one. It's a good example of a bad reason to change churches. Uh, it's got a bad children's program. First off, I want to be able to – I want to drop my kids off in another room. I want to have my own worship experience and then check them out at the end of all of that and go home. So if I can't do that at a church, I'm boogieing out.
1: I think we're probably offending some people right now, but I, I don't think that's right. I think kids should be in worship, and th- as much as they can. Right? It's good for them to see their parents worship. I think we talked about. So by this worship, in you
0: mean full service, or do you mean singing? Full service. Okay, so we we don't at our church actually. One of the simple no. reasons is that uh, we do want parents to be able to attend themselves to the service. It's I mean it's an hour long sermon, and um, yeah. think of single mom or new believer coming in. They have nothing in terms of parenting that they've been taught. And so if they're running literally in and out of the room the whole time, they never get a chance to actually hear the sermon. An unbeliever comes in.
1: I see where you're coming from, Grayson. In our in our church, we have a quick children's sermon, and then the young kids can either go back with their parents or go to like a Sunday school where okay. it's optional. All, I, all I'm saying is, I think it is important for kids to see their oh, parents yeah. worship. If not the entire time. We,
0: we have them in all the way up. And I mean, we do communion, singing, scripture, reading, prayer, all of that. And then right before the sermon hits is when we'll dis- dismiss. And then parents go pick up kids. So, But it's not born out of a, hey, we just want to dump these kids off. We <laughs> right, believe we right. have very godly Sunday school teachers that are um, teaching them age-appropriate material that they can learn to articulate the faith from. So it's, it's not like we're going to go color pictures of Noah's Ark where Sunshine and Rainbows, it's... I mean, if they color pictures, that's part maybe part of it for the younger groups, but it's all with a specific lesson on a text that they're teaching through.
1: Right. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the main point here, though, is not to get hung up on that because... <laughs> Do I get it Because turn? we did. As important as it is. So moving on which is, is to... <laughs> is that and I, and I've known people who've done this, Uh, we're looking for a church really is a good youth program that that is the driving factor by which you seek out a church or leave a church. How are you defining
2: a good youth program? I mean, that's, that's the other thing is, so I, I'm not in any way, you know, bagging on, you know, church ministry, uh, toward youth or youth pastors, uh, anything like that. Some, a, a change that, we made as a church several years ago was a heavier focus on integrated family worship, uh, encouraging uh, in that single mom situation, new believer situation, I mean, if you can come alongside them and help, we provide, you know, coloring pages and things for the kids, for the little kids in the service, um, all those sorts of things. We um, We want men to be able to take the sermon that may not be able that may not be totally age appropriate be able to take that chew on it themselves and then teach that to their children and make it applicable for them uh, and so I mean, there's there's lots of goals in mind uh that that we have we do have a nursery where if a little baby needs to you know go down and, and sleep or be fed or something like that you know we um we go that route but um, but that's a switch, and I, I think maybe the reason that we did that, and maybe why I'm more cagey on it, is because we did shift from a well, kids are loud in the service. We can't have loud kids in the service, so we need to, you know, stick them off, you know, over here or, or whatever, and do the you know coloring pictures of Noah's Ark thing and all that. So maybe that's because where kind of where I'm coming from. And because I've had a change on that, maybe that's why I'm more cagey on it. I don't know.
1: I think we're probably all more aligned here, more or less than generally. I I think we probably are. I think we all recognize the significance and the importance of having kids in worship, but there is, there could be benefit to having a place for the young ones to go like that. And I don't think that's the point here. I think the main thing is that people leave churches because there's not a youth program. They want, they want, a a party like every every Wednesday night there needs to be something for my kid to go to where he has a bunch of fun so the basis
0: of it is you're literally putting your own spiritual well-being in the hands of your children right you are letting them make the decision there yeah Yeah, wow that's a really good yeah yeah that's a good uh
2: that's a good point yeah right right like you're you're the parent don't do it why are you yeah why are you letting the, the the kid decide yeah
1: yeah yeah, youth programs Absolutely. can be useful. I, I think I said on a on an earlier podcast. I am pro yes. youth pastor, yes. youth leader. Like I like I I think there's a place for that. I think it's good, but those should be supplemental. Like maybe a preference. Right. That's another preference thing. If your church doesn't have a great youth program, don't leave.
0: Yeah, that might be that might be where you can now step up in service and right. Right. begin a youth program yes. for the kids.
1: Right. Get some adult coloring books. Yeah, right.
0: There was one I saw that was a title that was like, draw near to God. In your (laughs) pajama pants. Yeah. Yeah. That's a no context joke. Those are the best. Right.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was telling (laughs) these guys beforehand. There's a church near us that is having a pajama pant Sunday where you wear your
0: pajamas to church. Yeah, they are they're they're going for the George Costanza. Yeah, for the George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. So before we get too squirrely on everybody, we do have one last one that we do want to touch on real quick. Um a bad reason to leave the church is if you're just starting to doubt your faith. Right? I mean, if if you're getting to a point where now you're looking at scripture and you're looking at the profession of faith that you've made in Jesus Christ that hope and you're saying i don't know if i believe all this stuff the last thing you should do is leave the church and the reason for that is actually quite simple Um, for one go back to the simple truths of the gospel and continue to pour over that and ask god for help and understanding Um, for two entrust yourself to wiser people who may have also had struggles and doubts as well along the way. Um, they can help you through that. For three, you're not going to find wise counsel outside of the church. Right. They're just going to tell you, just go your own way, and they don't really care what happens to you after that. Um, but I think, Jack, you, you had this note here. The body does need you. If, if you're in Christ, the body needs you. Um, like you talked about earlier, there's just r- the reality that a component missing from the body leaves that man incomplete.
1: Very good. Yeah, so to take it back to maybe where we started as we kind of wrap things up here, remember your vows. Yep. Remember, if you took vows when you joined the church, remember those. Think about them often. And when you get frustrated, when you want to leave, when something isn't perfect, remember your vows. Remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 about the the various aspects of the body. Remember... Uh, Ephesians four, how we're, we're called to be with patience, bearing with one or be long suffering. Remember these things because the body needs you. If you are a Christian and you are a member of a church, that local community needs you. That pastor needs you. You can serve, you can do things. If some things aren't perfect, talk with your elders, find ways to, to improve it. Right. Um, but remember, remember the vows that you took because they mean something.
0: Amen. All right. Well, that wraps things up for this episode. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We hope it was edifying to you. Um, We truthfully hope that you've been caused to think a little bit more about this. Like we said, people leave the church for all sorts of different reasons. Uh, These are some of the bad ones. Tune in next time and we'll cover what are some actually good reasons for why you should leave the church. Uh, Thanks again for listening and take care.